Well, good morning, Heartland. We've been thrust on an unexpected journey. Uh, this global pandemic has become an interruption to our lives. COVID-19, though it is serious and it is a very real struggle, it's actually not what defines our story. Social distancing, though it may be a 2020 tagline, certainly not our headline. In fact, Jesus has an epic story that he has been writing since the beginning of time, and it continues today, and he is not surprised by the things that are taking place in our lives in this season. In fact, he's very real and very present because connection, not isolation, is actually the truest part of our story. It is the longing of our hearts, and it is actually kind of the rediscovery in this season that we long for connection, and God has provided that for us. In fact, since Father sent his son Jesus into the earth to fill the gap between us and him, we could be connected in relationship. Nick, in a moment, uh, had spoken very much about if you are in search of this connection with God through Jesus, today could be your day where he has been reaching out to you and you want to reach back to him and invite him really into your life. And, and so we just want to say today could be your day. It is a day for many of us that we remember as if it was yesterday. And it's a significant day because it touches the deepest part of our soul, not just now, but forever. Well, as we've moved inside to shelter in place and made this kind of adjustment in this season and we've moved everything online so we could get access as home, um, my inbox, I don't know about yours, but it's actually been filled with so many emails from companies, organizations, and services that had my email. And the emails are all pretty much the same. They're offering their perspective of hope in the season. They're letting us know, hey, here's what's going on with our people and here's how you can help. They're also saying, here's our plan to move forward and get your service in place. And in the midst of this pause, here's the kind of conversation that we're trying to have with those that matter in terms of our clientele. And it's really interesting as, as I uh, look through the buffet of emails that were slogging my inbox, two actually really stood out. One was by an airline and one was by a video conference uh, service that I use. And I wanted to read you uh, what the CEO sent me. It wasn't a personal email. It was kind of a broad email. But I think what it did is it captured the core, not only of their business, but the core of the human need that actually is getting touched and is becoming uh, that which we are all very aware of in this season. And it goes like this. The response to the crisis has been extraordinary. As much for what it has required from our society as for what it has revealed from us as a people. Far from causing division and discord, this crisis and the social distancing it requires has allowed us to witness something profound and moving about ourselves. And here it is. Our fond and deeply felt wish to be connected with one another. The role of connector is one we are privileged to play in moments that matter most in your life. See, we connect you in flights to weddings and graduations, birthdays and business trips, events both large and small. 
And it's that responsibility that motivates us most to get back to our regular service as soon as possible. Well, there was another uh, from a video service conference, uh, the conferencing service that I use. Uh, I was actually on a chat to get some self, or excuse me, some um, uh, help, online help, some, some tech support. And uh, we inadvertently got kicked off. And I got an email in my box every day for a week where they said, hey, we got cut off. We just want to make sure that you are able to connect in a way that you want to. So we're here to assist that kind of connection. Well, this adjustment for, our, for us all is actually causing us to rediscover uh, this connection in the midst of isolation. So in my world, how that's worked is I have a, a, a freshman son who actually has moved up early because school is closed at, at that age group in our school system. He is now a sophomore, so he's already home with us. But my, my older son came home from college. Our oldest, who is a daughter, she came home, uh, flew in to be with us so we could all shelter in place together. We also have a gentleman who's a young professional from Mexico who lives with us. So we've got six adults living living under the same roof, and it's actually been amazing. We've had a few glitches, but so minor together. Just love being with these humans. Just so grateful for who they are, particularly my daughter, who actually brought something that she carried into our house that actually we've all needed. She came with peace. She came as a person of peace. She came with honor to us, and she brought prayer. Not that we were in a prayerful home, but she would pray for us on specific things. In fact, before we went to bed, she would pray for each of us and we'd laugh because she said, hey, I'm a long prayer and we found that to be true. She loves her long prayers, but they were so beautiful. And I had mentioned one day, hey, my back is sore and I think it was sore because I'm in a different chair, leaning forward uh, you know, on the video screen in a different way, connecting on back-to-back conference calls. And, and she said, well, dad, I would love to pray for your back. And so she came into my room that night and uh, in light of social distancing, but more because of honor, she said, can I pray? put my hand on your back. And I said, yeah, I'd love for you to do that. Sat down on my bed. She stood there, put her hand on my back. And in that moment, as soon as she touched my back, God dropped into my thoughts. Luke chapter eight, his encounter. Jesus is with this woman who had what's called the issue of blood where she had been bleeding for quite some time. And she had been considered untouchable. So he brought into my mind this untouchable woman. And I can't tell you exactly how I knew. I just knew in this season it was actually a great place for us to focus and gain our perspective as a church. It was a message for this morning. And actually, that's what Jesus does when we say yes and reach out to him for a touch. And he touches us and we listen with our heart and our ears. And and I didn't know how to put words to the question that had been rising in my heart. The question was, God, what is a timely message for us as a church as I bring these things? on a Sunday that would be uplifting but also sensitive to the days that we find ourselves in. And he brought that clarity of perspective because that's what I needed. I needed perspective. I needed somewhat of a plan, a roadmap for us today. I I needed some people in it with me to help craft what we're doing. I needed time to pause and reflect around what this is. And I needed that conversation of prayer with him and others to be able to say, okay, what is a timely message for us? And I believe... There's a lot to be learned in this Luke chapter 8 passage where Jesus encounters this woman. And I want to read it to us in a moment. It'll be on the screens, but before I do, 
Whether you're outside and people are jogging by, or or whether you're sitting on your couch and kids are climbing over the top of you, or you just spilt your coffee, or you're moving to your lunch plans. By the way, I actually heard that uh, some of the restaurants here that aren't open on Sunday, not Chick-fil-A, by the way, but others that are open... uh, Barbecue for us, Casey Barbecue is open for carryout. So there's lots of things like that in the city, and I just wanted to whet your appetite. Now that I've lost your attention in one way, let's get back to the scriptures. And I just want you to, whether you're distracted in any way, let's focus ourselves in. And I'd like to pray for us before we read this passage. So, Father, would you open our minds and our hearts? through your encounter with this woman long ago, recorded for us for just a time as this. Meet us in our need and show us what you carry through us for others. So on the screen, you'll see this passage in Luke. And I'm reading actually out of the uh, uh, English Standard Version. It's the copy I have in my hand. And it reads like this. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And then Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceived that power was gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So here is this woman. She's not simply untouchable in her society. She is actually considered unclean. She's not supposed to be out and about. And it wasn't just 30 days for her. It was 12 years and the people knew she couldn't be out. She was not supposed to reach out and touch someone. She was categorized with others that had diseases like leprosy. So you can imagine the anguish and the isolation that she lived in until this day because she had heard this Jesus was coming into her town. She had heard the stories. They had reached her house. Jesus heals and he forgives and he brings freedom. And she needed that in the isolation and the shame and the scorn in which she found herself sheltering at home for 12 years. She actually needed a healing greater than the one she perceived physically because it had become unconscious that she was so isolated from everyone and the shame and the scorn had captivated her story. And Jesus went beyond the physical healing to give her something greater, connection. See, here's this Jesus asking, hey, who touched me? 
Those closest to him didn't get it. The disciples, they didn't perceive what was going on. Just like me, if I were there, I'd be like, Jesus, hey, everybody's pressing in on you and you're just saying, who touched me? Come on, how, how are we supposed to know? You, you've had 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 people touch you in this chaos. I mean, it's this big interruption that's taking place. But Jesus knew that power had left him. Somebody had touched him in their transaction that happened that transformed this woman's life. And Jesus wasn't satisfied with an impersonal miracle. He actually wanted the deep, intimate connection with this woman. And he wanted her not only to be healed physically, but to be healed emotionally and for the connection to move into the deepest part of her soul. And so this moment, it actually heats up because once again in her life, she's actually being called out like she had been so many other years. And the scorn, she had taken this risk. And Jesus says, who's touched me? And Jesus didn't say it because when he presses in, he presses in with love. And perfect love, God tells us, casts out all fear. And so this fear, you could feel her pain. You could feel her shame as she's now been outed. And she has to go ahead and say in front of all these peers, here's what I've done. I actually reached out. I know I'm not supposed to, but in that moment, I actually was healed just by touching his garment. And Jesus wasn't calling her out for the sake of outing her, exposing her because she had done something wrong in the society. Jesus actually called her out because he wanted to write what was going on so that all could know not only had she been healed physically, she is no longer an untouchable because when Jesus enters in, he makes all the difference and he moves the untouchable to be touchable and the unclean to be clean. And he moves the the lack of wholeness in our lives to be whole, whole on the inside and he reorients in that simple touch and then he gives her this kind of greeting and send off that is so tender for this dear woman in isolation and he says, daughter, it's a tender moment. Be well. Go in peace. And as his eyes locked with her and he gave her that moment of connection, He reordered her entire world. He backfilled the past and he created an incredible presence, present that would move her differently into the future with no more scorn, but this connection out of her isolation. So I ask you the question, what do you need today like the woman that perhaps you've been in anguish or fear or despair or wondering about resources for the future? What has been thrust on you on this unexpected journey that you have deep need today that even in the online chat spaces or after in our connect rooms or with your peers or right now in your family, if you could just reach out to Jesus in the middle of the interruption and all the pressing that's going on like this woman, if you could just reach out to Jesus that he would not only come and meet your need, but he'd go beyond and show you the need that you didn't even know you had, and he would bring some healing into your life. But it takes a risk. It takes a yes. Jesus this morning may even be pressing in on you, and you find yourself in that place. If I could just reach out, and you can. But there's more going on in this story. 
not just the woman, but as we look at the life of Jesus, there was something about this Jesus that he carried. It rose a different question up in me this week as I pondered on this passage, and I looked at the life of Jesus, and it went something like this. How did Jesus, in this interruption and chaos, when people were pressing in on him from every side, how did he know, how was he so acutely aware of the power that actually left him? The thing that he carried actually was withdrawn for the sake of somebody else meeting their need. How was he so aware of that? What might I carry, what might you carry of Jesus that somebody else would need? See, everybody carries something for someone. Everybody carries the opportunity to provide connection for someone. We actually have a different pandemic that's been going on in our society. It's larger than the COVID-19 and it is more widespread and it's the pandemic of loneliness. What if each of us have now been given the upfront experience and opportunity to see what despair, isolation is for so many that we could actually make connection in the isolation that maybe over the next 24 days and beyond, compassion could rise up in us just like Jesus when he looked out over the city and he saw that they were sheep without a shepherd and compassion rose up in his heart and it moved him to tears. May God make us a community that has compassion that grows for those that are in need. So what do others get of Jesus when they touch your life? Do they get compassion? Do they get connection? Do they get calm? Those are the things I see in Jesus in this story. He offered compassion on this woman. He offered connection. He offered a calm in the midst of the press. And it was what she needed in that moment. She had longed for it for 12 years. In fact, she had been made for it just like you and like me. Well, all of this is getting tested in my home. I don't know about yours, but I mean, close proximity with all these folks, you know, I, I can feel so frantic and, and I just wonder as people touch up against my life, what's actually coming out? C.S. Lewis says it wonderfully this way. He says, who you are when you're interrupted is who you really are. Well, that is so insightful. You know, in this interruption, uh, there's a lot of self-discovery going on. There's discovery of uh, my family. They probably already knew it, of me and me of them. Stuff is coming out. It's a great opportunity just to discover more about ourselves, the real selves, more about our God. What is actually overflowing when people touch up, bump up, press in on my life? Well, one of the things that helped me think about this is when I took out the trash. And so uh, our trash has been full at times because we're eating together meals, you know, morning, afternoon, and night, trying to make it meager, meager, trying to have just a good stewardship of our resources. But as I pulled the trash out and I, and I pulled the, the stretch string and I pressed down because I wanted to make more room in that bag, boy, out came this odor that actually made my face cringe. And then I thought, where is my life like that? That as you press on me and the overflow that comes out and it makes other people cringe. Conversely, I opened up my toiletry bag and out came this beautiful fragrance and it actually made me smile. And I thought, boy, where is my life like that? Where it actually is putting a smile on people's face. 
Well, here's the needs that have been rising for me and the connections that have been happening in these adjustment and overflow season on, on this unexpected journey that we've been launched on into maybe a sense of isolation, but the great thing that is emerging is really our deep desire for connection, and we're beginning to offer that to others. And so in my life this past week, I've had some very real needs that uh, I've had to reach out to God for, but I've also had folks reach out to me of of what they carry and what they offer that I was in need of. And, and one of those things is my perspective. Jesus oriented this woman's perspective in Luke chapter 8, and, and I have some friends who have been helping me do the same. Uh, I, I just know it's easy for me to maybe get a little complacent or get a little overwhelmed or have a little anxiety. And I have my friends and come and say, hey, you can orient your perspective, Philippians 4, 8. Whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, and lovely. Think on these things, if there be any virtue or praise, and the God of peace will be with you, Philippians 4.8. Or, I have concern about resources, like many of us do, and, and we want to be good stewards, and we want to think about our future, and we want to plan. And, and Matthew 6.33, they've reminded me, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, and all these things referring to the needs, the human needs that God knows that I have, that you have. In fact, he says, don't think about tomorrow. It has enough worries of itself. Don't fret Seek first the kingdom. God will provide. That has helped me just in my perspective. And, and the folks that have helped me have been my people. I've recognized I need my people. I don't need a lot of people. I need some people in my close circle that I can connect with that reorient me in my perspective, that carry some things that I need. I carry some things that they need. So who are your people that you are connecting with? I suspect as you move into this week, it'll be a different pace. I've heard a lot of our folks say, wow, I'm tired from last week because of all the connections. Uh, I'm an introvert, and boy, it has been tiring to connect in a different way. Who are your people? Someone might need you to be their people. I've also recognized, just need a plan. I need some kind of construct for my day, for my week. It allows me to have the right kind of perspective. And, and my people have helped me do that. Uh, one gal I've talked to actually has this chalkboard at her house and five things that she does on the day. Uh, in my home, we, we have our dinner together. And we actually have tried on a regular basis to talk about our needs and then talk about what's the need for tomorrow? What's the schedule for tomorrow? What's kind of the plan for tomorrow in terms of who is where and what room and in terms of our workspaces, what kind of activities we can engage in. One of our kids said, hey, I would love if we played some more games. So we put some game time after lunch. We put another game time later in the evening. And it's just been a real fun type of connection for laughter. But maybe you find that you don't have anybody to play games with or have dinner with. Well, on a video chat or a phone call, you can have a virtual coffee. We actually had one gal who piped into our family time and we played scattergories together. Uh, it took a little doing, but it was just so fun. So you might just need a plan. That's what we've needed. Uh, the other thing I've needed is just pause. I needed to take a pause in this season because I feel like I've just been frantic. A pause to think about my thinking perspective. A pause to say, who are my people? A pause to say, well, what's the right plan for today and for this week? A pause actually to say, okay, God, I'm weary. But you said when I'm weary, I can come to you. 
and you'll give me rest. And what that really is, is what we call prayer. It's a conversation. It's what happened between Jesus and this woman. He was having a conversation that was this connection that made all the difference. And so I can have this conversation with God. You can have this conversation with God where you can just reach out like that woman in your need. You might not even know how to put words to it. You just know you have need and so you reach out. And one of the most simplest prayers that you can pray is help. God, help. I don't even know how to communicate what I need, but help. Or what for centuries people who believe in Jesus have been praying, Holy Spirit, come. You're asking the God of the universe to come and be present with you. Prayer is a conversation. You can have that toward God and say, okay, God, I reach out to you. Help. Come, Holy Spirit. You can have prayer with your people. You can have prayer for people so you can offer that which you hear, that which you carry on their behalf. We've got prayer rooms that if you need prayer today, and you want to connect with somebody, you can go to that prayer link that's on your screen. We've got people who are ready. They've been praying all morning for you. They may not know you by name, but they are ready to receive you in that room. And I just encourage you, if you go to that room, you can click on that link. The way you find that link, you can go on heartlandchurch.org. If you scroll down, you'll see the, uh, the link that you can, you just click on what looks like that slide, and it'll take you to that room. And when you go, just a couple things, you'll, you'll be muted. So just wait for the appropriate time to unmute. You can turn off your video if you don't want to. It's helpful to see one another. But at the right time, the facilitator there will actually break you in to another group where it can be private so you can share your prayer need with one or two other people who are our prayer people that you'd normally see on a Sunday morning down front. It's those kinds of folks that can hear your need and can pray with you. But you can do that in the confines of your home today with, a, with your family. If you need connection, you can do the same thing and go into one of our connect rooms. Our pastors are there and we're having conversation together, further processing. Uh, if you desire to make that connection, again, be patient. Uh, you'll have to figure out the technology of mute and unmute and how to put your video on and, and folks there can help you. There's a chat section in that video as well and you can get your bearings. We'll just be patient for, with one another. It's a bit clunky as we, as we try these new things. But you can connect right now in your living room with your family. After the service, after the worship team comes and leads us in some more worship, uh, you can just pause with your family and ask this simple question. What do you need? And you listen to one another, and I'd encourage only just, just share one thing, and then talk about how you can help one another in those needs. I need more game time. I need more alone time. I need a half an hour by myself. I need to sleep in on this day. I need quiet as I work in this space. I need to get outside because I've been inside. Um, go ahead and, and just do that as a family. So as we close this morning, the, the band is going to come. Our finest hour is upon us as a church. Isolation is not our headline. Connection is the headline. Social distancing, COVID, that is a very real struggle, but it is not the definition of our story. God is writing a story that is called connection, and God is the way maker. So this morning, if you need to reach out to God, don't hesitate with the help God prayer. Holy Spirit, come prayer. Make the connection.
Be somebody's people. Reach out. Make the connect today. Well, let's pray as the worship team comes and leads us. Father, it's good to be together this morning in this way and thank you for the age in which we live and the technology in which we have and the opportunity that's before us to connect even though it's virtual. And we pray that you would meet us in those spaces and that you'd continue to make a way for those of us who are in deep need of connect with you. Prompt others who have something they carry that could, they could reach out and give to others. Put it on their hearts and mind in this moment how they could practically make a connection that is tangible about your love in these seasons and this day. You are our way maker. And we say thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.